Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. What's up, motherfuckers? That's the line we're sticking with today, Sierra. <laughs> okay. Um, welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we talk all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week we are talking about who the no- who the fuck knows. Um, we'll get to it in a moment. Uh, I'm in a mood, man. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot to say my part, so, you know, it is there. I was like, oh, Emily's got this. And then I forgot that I was supposed to actually say something, so. There is that. All right, well, we're about to get real dark real quick, okay? I feel like one week off just ruined us. I mean, it might, sure. Um, be right. I just... Here we go. Are you prepared? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to remind everyone that hate crimes are still on the rise this past Monday. Guys. Yeah, it's really bad. This past Monday, um, which for you guys is two Mondays ago by the time this comes out. Is that correct? Yes. Um, a 65-year-old Filipino woman who was walking to fucking church, y'all, um, was brutally attacked in broad daylight while security guards who witnessed said attack um, shut the door while this woman was lying on the floor in front of the building that they are supposedly guarding and watched her be attacked and then watched her in the aftermath of said attack and did not offer any help. So what's the point of being a security guard then? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, the, it came, I think it was today. Let me, let me double check that. Yes. Today, um, there was thankfully an update and they caught the guy that attacked this woman. Um, his name is Brandon Elliott, also known as a piece of shit. Um, he is a 38-year-old uh, Bronx native, which just just so happens to be out on parole um, for reportedly convicted of stabbing his mother to death well, when he was 19. And he is now out, he was, excuse me, he was out on lifetime mm-hmm. parole while he committed this. He was released in 2019. So, um, we need to step the fuck up. This shit is reprehensible and disgusting. So, like I said last week, uh, we need to make sure we are standing up if we witness any shit like this. We need to learn and we need to realize that this kind of hate is not new. It's been around for a while. Um, we need to educate those that see nothing wrong with fetishizing the Asian community. It is fucking disgusting of, like, this whole model minority group or the fact that one race is responsible for a global fucking pandemic. Again, what? It's called global for a reason. Like, who knows where we would be if the fucking GOP senators or president would have taken this serious instead of blaming an entire ethnicity of people. Also, jumping ship from that train. The Derek Chauvin murder trial began this week. Mm, I saw that. Yeah, which is one of the police officers that murdered George Floyd by kneeling on his throat for nine minutes and 29 seconds. And let me just say, watching and reading the nine-year-old girl's testimony of this, like, of her witnessing this happen was heartbreaking. And then hearing an off-duty firefighter say she begged, bargained, and ordered police to let her check in on George's pulse and well-being and being denied and... Watching the 19-year-old store clerk tell the court that he wishes he just took the counterfeit $20 bill, finding, like, 
instead of, you know, saying something to his manager and then finding out that he quit afterwards because he no longer felt safe. Then finding out that one of the witnesses who recorded the video of the incident stays up nights asking for George's forgiveness that she didn't do more. It's fucking heartbreaking. It's just so fucked up, this whole idea that things like this can happen in broad daylight with so many witnesses and so many different accounts, like, and so many people saying that this thing happened, Mm -hmm. and it's still, like, being debated. There's still people out there saying that the officer was in the right. It's, It's just, it's fucking disgusting that we give these people way too much wiggle room, like... Changes need to be made. Things need to be said. We need to be doing more. Lawmakers need to be doing more. This is why it is so important to hold these people that we put in government because we put them there. Like our vote puts them there. We need to like hold them to the standards that we would anyone else. Sierra and I have traveled a couple places this past week and the amount of Trump items, the amount of Confederate flags and other racist rhetoric that we saw was just astonishing. Like cannot like we went to how many different states um one two three four five yeah five different states and it wasn't just all in the south either no we went up north as well and it it is it's just disgusting and I know you guys are like yeah well this has always been a thing and I'm just like people need to start getting called out on their shit I feel like nobody is, like, calling these people out. Like, it, it's, they're not going to change, one, if they don't realize that it is shit, and two, that it is, like, not okay. That there's not consequences. Exactly. Um, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. But it's just, I'm, I'm, it just, it really got my blood boiling this morning. I was in a weird headspace because of it, but... As I said last time, I'm going to add some, like, really incredible resources on the blog, which we added the Stop AAPI Mm -hmm. stuff to the blog, but I'm going to add some more um, to, if you guys, like, have a chance to donate to some really amazing mutual aid funds that are, like, doing the universe's work out there. Seriously, these ladies are impeccable, helping, like, the communities, like, not just our communities, um, there's a couple that I follow that does, like, uh, the Minneapolis area, Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, if you guys have a chance to donate to some mutual aids, do it, and, um, I've also, last week, we added the furthering of education, and how we can stop the hate, and what we can do to amplify our voices, and amplify those others' voices as well, so, yeah, that's, that's my little spiel for the week. Um, I'm going to step back for a moment and collect my thoughts because now I'm all hot and flustered and very irritated again, um, for a moment though. How are you, Sierra? (laughs) Tell the people how we be. Um, I, uh, I feel like I've struggled this week. Like, I don't know if it's just like because of vacation or just like where I'm at mentally, but this week has been a struggle. I don't even know what day it is, so. Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Oh, okay. It's Wednesday, y'all. <laughs> Technically, it's Tuesday for y'all. That's probably well, really fucking confusing. Well, it any day of the week for them, really. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Wednesday, which means I'm only three days in to the week. Thankfully, it's a short week. No, but you're already three days in. Aren't you the one that tells me to look at things positively? 
Like, we have to, like, balance each other because <laughs> I, like I said, this has been a struggle for me. I know. You've gotten home, like, every day just fucking exhausted. Yeah. And in, like, a, in more of a mood that I am, and that's saying something. So. Yeah. But we had fun on vacation. Yes. We did have fun on vacation. Um, I thought it was a good time. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I got to see my grandmother, who is a 76-year-old um, hoot and a half, as mm-hmm. Sierra and I like to say. And uh, she's a very funny lady, like a very, very funny lady. Um, so she has horses and everything, and um, I love me some horses. So mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. Um, I did not love sitting in the car that long. Uh, the yeah. hip spasms are uh, growing more intense. Um, so that's no bueno. In my but you opinion. have a, a I point. finally have a fucking second opinion, y'all. Like, it, it is literally three days before, no, four days? Four days. Four yeah. days before the three, man, three month anniversary of my accident. And yeah. I'm just now able to get a second opinion. Like, our healthcare system, here's another thing for me to rant about. Our healthcare system is fucking terrible. Our workers' comp system is also fucking terrible. Like, it is, it's just, it's awful, y'all. Like, I would not wish, wish this on, and like, you my worst enemy. you were in the hospital for not even 24 hours? I wasn't even in the hospital for 24 hours. And how hours. it cost? $21,000 is the bill that I got. Like, how can anybody afford that? Exactly. Like, it is so, so crazy. And um, they called me, and I'm like, no, 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 hold up, motherfuckers. This is workers' comp. And the lady goes, oh, it is? It's not written down as that. I was like, <laughs> I didn't have 21 cents, let alone $21,000 to pay your asses. Like, when I wasn't even in the hospital. 95% of people don't. I wasn't even in the hospital for 11 hours. Like, I wasn't even in there for a full 11 hours, and it was 21 thousand dollars and some change like I like I I felt my heart like pause when that woman said that I was like what (laughs) I'm sorry what so yeah it is literally the worst process ever um Sierra knows how much pain I've been in lately it's like um the spasms have turned into cramps and all of a sudden I drop and I whatever's in my hand also comes with me so it's just really not great it's really really not great so we shall see my second opinions next week which is the week that this comes out Mm -hmm. so yeah hopefully i'll have some answers i hope so (laughs) i really do um yeah so all right i feel like that's all that's going on at the moment oh sierra's had to been driving my car um which somebody should be driving it i guess (laughs) but uh her tire is flat so and I have had zero minutes of the day to, like, actually do something about it. Yeah. So it's just kind of chilling in our driveway. Super, super fun. But it does definitely makes it look like someone's home. I mean, someone is home because I have nothing better going on and I can't literally leave my house. Um, so at least it gives me some sort of someone's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. All right. Are we ready? Deterrent. Deterrent? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I feel like I feel like um, Squirrely Shirley should also give somebody some deterrent. Yeah, but they don't know about her until <laughs> they already like make a decision to do something. <laughs> and we're gonna get questions on what Squirrely Shirley is. That's uh, fine. That is fine. Okay. Anyway, um, all right. 
Now, let's get into some ghosties, shall we? Also, fun little note here, I had no idea I was doing ghost until I got done with my rant. So that's why I said, who knows what we're talking about, because mm-hmm. I did not know at that moment. Gotcha. Yeah, it just kind of snowballed because I found like six different things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then none of them were like interesting enough to keep my attention. And I was mm-hmm. watching Intervention at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm reading. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it's a really great afternoon, guys. All right. Anyway, I feel like I say all right and like way too much. But I feel like all right is better than like. You say so and um. I and say so and um because those are my filler words. Like, those are my thinking words. You don't, well, you said like a bunch at the beginning, but you don't usually use it too, too much. That's because when I was little, my dad would, yeah. yeah, thump me every time I said the word like, so. I wish you would do that to me and I could, when I'm like in the moment, mm-hmm. and then I could stop doing it, but. I mean, if we're judging people on such stupid things like that then we need to all take a fucking step back. So, anyway, ghosties, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) It's been a hot minute since we've had some. Oh, Francis, I put this Mm. in my notes and I just remembered about it. (laughs) I was going to say something and then I was like, no, don't say anything. Maybe she won't say anything. In big, all caps letters, oh, Francis. So I remembered, oh, no. and then I remember, like I forgot that I put it in there myself until I just read it. <laughs> Guys, I did these notes three hours ago. Um, anyway, Francis is a mm-hmm. fun little doll head that I found in Sierra's parents' yard, and I'm obsessed with it. It is sitting. I'm literally staring at it right now. I've named it Francis. Sierra hates it. <laughs> I feel like this is like discrim. Um, I'm like discriminating, discriminating against it. I'm putting it in a general category with all other things dull. But I'm honestly not even like I don't even care. <laughs> She's been avoiding, you know, looking at it, and I feel like this is just one of those desensitization. How do you say it? Desensitization. Tizing moments. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, I mean, you're the one that said I needed to get over my fear of heights by making me walk over a cable fucking bridge the other day. So, I feel like this is but a you, little... Oh, uh, well, you did one, but not the other. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, anyway, so Francis is a really cute little doll head that I have now, and I'm obsessed with it. But basically, uh, my parents' dog, Ziva, tore the rest of it apart, so that's all that's left. It's the head, and it's pretty cute. And so. I told it, it I would decapitate it if... It moved? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Uh, this week, we are talking about the Pittock Mansion in Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. It's uh, like one of the only states my mom has never been to. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um... Okay, let me start off with saying this place looks fucking massive, Sierra. Like, it looks huge. I'll show you some like pictures of it. bigger than the uh, Shining one? Yeah, the Stanley? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just... No. It doesn't look bigger than that, but it looks oh, massive. Well, the Stanley's a hotel, Yeah, so I guess. that's what I'm saying. This one looks massive to be a home. Okay. So, like, damn, I cannot imagine that fucking heat and bill. Like, cannot imagine. <laughs> Anywho, so the owners of the, this gigantic mansion were Henry Pittock. I'm really hoping I'm saying that right because I don't want these people to haunt me. So, and uh, Georgina Burton 
Now, Henry was born in 1834 in London, England, but he grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which just so happened to be the location of the last season of Intervention. Mm. Okay, then. I watch too much television now, y'all. Like, <laughs> I didn't used to know these things. It's going to be a problem. Like, you're going to have, like, withdrawals. <laughs> when I do eventually <laughs> go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, in 1853, when Henry was 19, he had a, he blah, blah, blah. blah he headed west on the Oregon Trail to seek his fortune. I mean, like anyone would do in the 1800s. A year later, his future wife, Georgina Burton, she was born in 1845, so there was a little bit of an age gap there, mm-hmm. um, left her Missouri family, like her family home in Missouri, mm-hmm. and headed west as well. Uh, when Henry and Georgina arrived in the area, Portland was a frontier slump town, basically. Okay. So, Yeah. Um, competing with Oregon City to become the first major trade and industrial center for the region. So Henry was like a jack of all fucking trades. This man was into everything. He found work at like a um, newspaper called the Oregonian. And like, it it was a very, very new kind of situation with Mm -hmm. newspapers in this area like it was considered financially risky and like fiercely competitive um more than 30 newspapers were launched in portland during this time period everybody trying to be on the top first basically um now on june 20th 1860 henry and georgina got married super cute they're they're actually very cute like they look like they would be pleasant people Mm -hmm. and i don't say that about anyone so they look pleasant okay um, you know, I don't say that. About no, I, I, I um, believe you. So he was given ownership of the paper oh. in exchange for back wages, which. Okay. Huh. Sounds a little shady in my opinion. Um, so he went on to transform the Oregonian into a successful daily newspaper that is still printed today, which I thought was a cute little fact. Oh, nice. In case you guys do not know, I'm up. Okay. I just scared the shit out of myself. Oh my God. With Francine. Francis? And no, it literally looked like somebody was at our back window. Francis. No, it's not Francis. Don't blame my Is sweet boy. Is it Francis or Francine? No, it's Francis. No. I feel like that's a very gender-neutral name, even though I just said sweet boy, but like... I thought I was a girl the whole time. That's I feel like we shouldn't be opposing... Then. Yeah, I feel like we should not be opposing until it lets us know. And if it does let us know, it's definitely haunted. So... Anyway, after I just scared myself, I'm, like, out of breath now. I don't like where this is going so far. (laughs) Anyway, I love history. It's, like, my favorite thing. Um, I suck at math, like, to the point where it's embarrassing, but whatever. Um, But history, Mm -hmm. for some reason, it's just so, like, fascinating to me, you know? Gotcha. Um, Anyway, so, jack of all trades, Henry, Mm -hmm. went... With, like, he built, like, a financial empire by investing in real estate, banking, railroads, steamboats, ranching with, like, sheep, uh-huh. um, silver mining, and the paper industry. Wow. So, he was rolling in the money, mm-hmm. basically. He was also an avid outdoorsman, like, he loved bicycling, and was among the first group to climb Mount Hood. Now, Georgina was not one to be messed with, either. Mm. She became the founder and fundraiser of many charities and cultural organizations, such as the Ladies' Relief Society, the Women's Union, and the Martha Washington Home and Residence for Single Self-Supporting Women. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Um, and now after they're all like their whole successful lives and careers and everything, mm-hmm. they were like, hmm, maybe we should start planning for this quote mansion on the hill. That's mm-hmm. what Henry would call it. And in the early 1900s, they did the exact same thing. Well, no, they did that exact thing. There we go. That makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So the property had like, un- like unbelievable views of Portland, the Willamette River, and the distant Cascade Mountain. So like hot property. Mm-hmm. Um, construction began in 1912 and they hired an architect to design it from scratch. Like this dude had free fucking range at this point. Um, it had 46 rooms and was built on a hill, like I said, overlooking everything. And the inside was uniquely designed with oak paneled cabinets, marble floors, and a huge central staircase. And let me tell you, this staircase is massive. It had like all of the like latest amenities. So it had a fucking elevator, a dumb waiter, and most strikingly beautiful views of the mountains. Like the windows in this place are incredible. Love it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Top notch. Top notch. I can't describe it any more fantastical <laughs> ways. Okay. So now one of the little like cute little touches about this mansion is that foil lines the inside of the entryway ce- uh, ceiling, which is a nod to Georgina's like frugal early years where she had to save foil from old tea containers. Isn't that precious? Wait, it lines like the, the inside? Like, the inside ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, like, little designs with foil. Oh, okay. I yeah. gotcha. Yes. Um, so, Henry and Georgina moved into the home when it was completed in 1914 with eight other members of the family. Oh. Yeah. Um, you would hate that. <laughs> God, you ain't kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. I would hate it so much. I would have no hair left, and there would be no family members left. <laughs> then it really would be haunted it really would be haunted okay so when they moved in georgina was 68 and henry was 80 so oh, uh, okay a little bit at the end of their lives yeah. at that point uh the couple only lived in the mansion for roughly four years before they died mm-hmm. um i believe henry died in uh i want to say 1918 and then georgina died in 1919 or it's reversed oh, okay gotcha. it's one i think it's reversed because i'm pretty sure georgina dies first um, anyway, so a family continued to live in the home until the 1950s. The last residents, grandson Peter and his father Edward, moved out in 1958 and put the mansion up for sale. The mansion sat empty for four years and then was hit by a storm on Columbus Day, also known as Indigenous Peoples Day, as it should be known. I'm salty about it. I can't deal with it. Fucking Christopher Columbus. Okay, on October 12, 1962. Hurricane-force winds damaged the roof tiles and window panes, which then allowed water to get into the mansion. Mm. Not great. No. Um, By 1964, the mansion was in such poor condition that developers expressed interest in tearing it down. Yeah, and in turning the estate into a subdivision. Dedicated citizens of Portland... So basically our homies at this point... (laughs) um, Real, like they realize like how much of the national treasure this place is. And it is actually on the national registry of um, historic homes. Oh, okay. So they rallied around and raised enough money to one, purchase the property for $225,000. Then they um, raised another $67,000 to help uh, like transform. Yeah. 
well, yeah, and transform it from a private residence into a public place. Mm-hmm. So, by that whole time, it it took 15 months to transform it. So, they really, like, kicked it into gear. Mm-hmm. Because, like, my feeling, and, like, a whole bunch of people on the internet's feeling, is because <laughs> the Pittocks died before they could really get a chance to use the home they had, like, so carefully, like, mm-hmm. designed and loved and everything, it is believed that their spirits still hang around and visitors to the house have reported seeing windows shutting and then latching on their own, mm-hmm. which is... Love it. Um, then the sound of heavy footsteps and a portrait of Henry Pivot moving around the house. So, like, basically, I heard it described two separate ways of the picture moving. One, it's, like, the picture frame itself moves. Mm-hmm. And then, two, it's, like, the picture, like, of Henry when he was a child moves. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Like, some Harry Potter shit. Gotcha. So, tour guides have reported encountering figures when they open the mansion for business in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And, like, they'll be like, um, excuse me, <laughs> the fuck? And they'll try to, like, go get a supervisor or something or whatever the people are called. Right. And they'll turn back around and the person's gone. Like a house manager or something? Yes. Some people have also said that they smelled an unmistakable scent of roses, Georgina's favorite flower. Little tidbit. Um, apparitions of the couple as well as the head groundskeeper, which is adorable. Also really sad. Mm-hmm. How fucking sucky would it be for you to be haunting your work Mm. well if you loved it i mean i guess um the groundskeeper like especially if he would live there and didn't have any other family or something yeah so he has been seen by visitors and tour guides like outside near the northern side of the mansion visitors report hearing sound of a shovel hitting the ground and then soon after they hear the sound of heavy footsteps stomping away towards the mansion um staff believes these are the sounds of the groundskeeper like i said again i don't understand being stuck at work but you do you boo (laughs) um like going about his daily routine like the pittocks the groundskeeper lived and died in the mansion Mm. so again makes sense sort of kind of uh, luckily for visitors, he is also a kind spirit. Allegedly, when people smell the scent of roses in the room, like whatever room they're in, there are no roses like anywhere. There aren't any located nearby. And then Georgina is seen more than Henry is, mm-hmm. which he was like, I feel like if that makes sense, because she seems more like she would be like the like people person mm-hmm. more than he was. He seems like more like a business dude. Yeah. You know? He likes to, like, do stuff, but, like, in small groups or... Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, people are in my fucking home and I don't have any roses for them. Like... Yeah. Like, what the heck is going on, guys? Basically. Along those lines, one visitor said she saw the reflection of a woman in one of the hanged paintings in the mansion. Now, some claimed an old woman accompanied them to the basement. Again, that's, like, kind of going along the lines of, like, etiquette. Like, these people are fucking roaming around my house. I need to show them where to go. Um, so one paranormal investigator also claims that they were able to capture friendly female voice saying hello. Um, so from friendly old ladies, boots walking without legs, and one visitor reported hearing a picture fall off the wall when no, like, pictures have done so. Mm -hmm. So when one visitor reported hearing a picture fall off one of the walls in the rooms, uh, when she went to investigate the sound, she watched a woman wearing a long gown picked up like pick up the falling pitcher from mm-hmm. the floor 
and a staff member came up behind the woman and asked her if she was okay. The woman turned back around to see that the woman in the ball gown had vanished. Love it. (laughs) Another female employee got the scare of her life, is what she said. Mm -hmm. Um, As she closed up the building for the night, part of her job involved turning off all of the lights in the mansion. After all of the lights were off, she began looking not looking, locking all of the doors, including the front door to the mansion. As she turned to leave for the night, all of the lights in the mansion switched on. So (laughs) I'm guessing she had to go back around and turn them back all off, which is not fun. No. But 42 rooms. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That would take you a long time. It would take you a long time. Uh, So the Pettick Mansion has been described as America's happiest haunted place. (laughs) Isn't that precious? It is. Um, So that is the Pettick Mansion. And so because I don't quite feel ready to stop talking and I need a distraction from the fact that nothing is real, we are going to discuss another (laughs) haunt. On the opposite side of the country. Okay. From the last. And, yeah, basically. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You were ridiculous. Let me me change the ears that my my headphones are sitting on right now. My ears get hot in these headphones, y'all. Oh. Do your ears get hot in your headphones? No. No? All right. So, we are going to talk about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West... Weston, West Virginia. That's a that's a lot of names. Yeah, that's a lot of names. <laughs> I did not follow all of those names. I'll say it again. Alrighty. So the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in yes. Western West Virginia. No, in Weston, West Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Weston. Yeah. The Weston. Yeah, like the Weston. Hotel. Yes, but it's spelled differently. Ah. I believe. How's the Weston Hotel spelled? W-E-S-T-I-N. Okay, this is with an O instead of an I. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they have to be different. I'm sure there's probably, like, some trademark involved, wouldn't you think? Could be, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, Okay. a whole mouthful, Mm -hmm. was constructed between 1858 and 1881. It is the largest hand-cut stone masonry building in North America and reportedly the second largest in the world next to the Kremlin. Oh. Yeah. So, interesting little factoid there. Now, it was designed by renowned architect Richard Andrews following the Kirkbride plan, which is like a set plan for long rambling wings arranged in like a staggered formation, assuring that each of the connecting structures, probably, we'll get that out, received an abundance of therapeutic sunlight and fresh air. Kirkbride believed that patients should be allowed to roam the facility and like to have more freedom. He Mm -hmm. believed that letting them roam would help them be cured of their illness. Mm. Uh I feel like it is better for them, but I don't know if it will cure them. Basically. Um, Work was initially conducted by prison laborers. A local newspaper of November of that year noted that seven, and they used the N-word, and I'm not Mm. going to repeat it, Um, which makes me believe that they weren't just prisoners, but they were also slaves, because let's be honest, it's West Virginia in the 1800s. Yeah, so... So, they were the first, I'm going to use very heavy quotation marks, workmen, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. slaves. 
enslaved people um, on the project. Now, skilled stonemasons were later brought in from Germany and Ireland, and construction was interrupted by uh, a little thing known as the American Civil War oh. in 1861. <laughs> Following its secession from the United States, the government of Virginia demanded the return of the hospitals and used construction funds for its defense. Uh, before this could occur, the 7th Ohio Volunteer Infantry seized the money from a local bank and delivered it to Wheeling. It was po- it was put towards the establishment of the reorganized government of Virginia. So... Mm. A lot of things happen in there. Yeah. Um, do, do, do. Which sided with the northern states during the war. The reorganized government appropriated money to resume construction in 1862. Following the admission of West Virginia as a U.S. state in 1863, the hospital was renamed the West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. This, let me just say this, this bitch has gone through some fucking names. Mm. Okay? Yeah, okay. Um, the first patients were admitted in October 1864, but construction continued into, like I said, 1881. Mm-hmm. The 200-foot central clock tower was completed in 1871. Also, this place is also massive. It sounds massive. It, it is pretty big. Um, and... Do, 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 and separate rooms for black people were completed in 1873 because mm-hmm. even in a mental hospital, there is segregation. So the hospital was intended to be self-sufficient and have a farm, a dairy, like a dairy, mm-hmm. like a working dairy area. Um, waterworks and a cemetery were all located on its ground, which ultimately reached 666 acres. Why would you need a cemetery? Why would people die there? Wouldn't they go there to get healed so they could go back to their lives? <laughs> it's the 1800s. I don't know. I'm going to, at the I'm end of this, saying, like, at the end of this, I'm going to give you a list of reasons why you could be admitted to this place. Yeah, I'm not going to like that. No, I was. I probably would have been admitted already. Oh, um, I was for sure already there. So. Past life. <laughs> honestly I was probably in one of them because <laughs> the things that these people get admitted for I do on a daily basis so anyway originally designed to house only 250 patients in solitude the hospital held 770 no 717 patients in 1880 and then by 1880 1661 patients by this point, we're crammed together with four or five in one small room that they only could fit, again, yeah. one person comfortably. In 1938, over 1,800 people, which is six times over the capacity, were... The capacity is 200? Yes, 250. Oh, okay. So... Um, a, a 1938 report by a survey committee organized by the group of North American medical organizations, which were doing a lot of reports at this point because Dorothea Dix had gotten involved and she was one of the leaders in like reforming mental health co- like okay. places and asylums and such. Which they definitely needed it. Oh, 110%. Um, so... They reported, this medical organization reported that the hospital housed epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and uneducated, their words, not mine, mental defects. 
um, among its population. The patients were running wild and they were out of control. Again, there was... How can you control them? Yeah. They hardly had anywhere to keep any more patients. The food supplies were running low. The conditions were declining rapidly. So you think they would stop? Nope. They kept going. In 1949, at its peak, uh, yeah, they had over 2,600 patients. Yeah. In the 1950s, the overcrowded conditions, the patients were sleeping on the floor in freezing rooms with no furniture or heat, the windows covered in grime and mold, the wallpaper peeling from decay. Um, It was 10 times over capacity. And then, um, like, this shit is going to get noticed, you know? Yeah, you, I mean, you would think it would be way before that. <laughs> you would think, but um, a series of reports by the Charleston Gazette in 1949 found poor sanitation and insufficient furniture, lighting, and heating in much of the complex, while one wing, which had been rebuilt using the Work Progress Administration funds, um, following, like, a fire that happened in 1935, mm-hmm. started by a patient, I might add, um, was comparatively luxurious, and it only had uh, full enclosed windows. So. All right, then. Yeah. Um, Western State Hospital found itself to be the home for the West Virginia Lobotomy Project in the early 1950s, Mm -hmm. which is as fun as this sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, This was an effort by the state of West Virginia and Walter Freeman to use lobotomy to reduce the number of patients in asylums because there was severe overcrowding. Y'all, just wait till the list of reasons come, because no fucking wonder. Honestly. Yeah. Um, during this era, this place was beginning to, um, use experimental lobotomies. Uh, the place performed over 4,000 lobotomies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, their, their, uh, their star procedure Mm -hmm. was known as the ice pick method involved slipping a thin pointed rod like an ice pick into the patient's eye socket and using a hammer to force it to sever the connective tissue of the frontal lobe of the brain which resulted in a number of deaths can't imagine why nope but that also solved their problem because they didn't have another patient to take care of that's why they needed a cemetery yep so by the 1980s, because we are now in the 1980s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, the hospital had reduced population due to changes in treatment of mental illness. Thank goodness. Um, those patients who could not be controlled were often locked in cages. In February 1986, then Governor Archmore announced plans to build a new psychiatric facility elsewhere in the state and convert the Weston Hospital into a fucking prison. Yes, because that's all it needed. Yes. Ultimately, the new facility, William R. Sharp Jr. Hospital, was built in Weston, and the old Weston State Hospital was simply closed in May 1994. Well, at least it was closed and not converted. Yeah, but it took 100 fucking years. 100 and what, 14 years? No, I mean, they started admitting patients in uh, 1864. Do you think it was always just poorly run, or like it started out? No. Okay. I feel like... 
the only time that it was possibly okay was when they were like, hey, let's build this thing. But when you start out being built by enslaved people, I'm, I'm going to go well, off yeah. a rock that it's saying that it's not that yeah, great. Yeah, that's probably true. So, um, to say that this place has some bad fucking vibes... I feel like that's an understatement. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, the building and its grounds have been mostly vacant, aside from, like, local events such as fairs, which... What? What? <laughs> church revivals. No. And tours. No. In 1990... Well. Yes. In 1999, all four floors of the interior building were dam- were damaged by... Okay, hold on. I need to I need to recoup because I can't believe I'm about to say this next sentence. In 1999, all four floors of the interior building were damaged by several city and county police officers playing paintball. What? Yeah. Three of whom were dismissed over the incident. Only three. Not all. Three. Why would they even think that's okay? I don't know, Skira. All right. Efforts towards the adapted reuse of the building have included proposals to convert the building into a civil war museum, a hotel, um, no. yeah, a golf co- course complex, a... Um, we don't need any more of those. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, so eventually it was bought and it was um, like turned into a museum. And it was, it's like, it had, like, military history, like, the history of the mental health and how it was not great. Mm. Now they offer, like, historic and paranormal daytime tours. And they also offer an overnight tour from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., I'm pretty sure. Yes, it's 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., and it's $100 a person. Oh, good thing you don't have $100. (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, So the main building of the asylum, known as the Kirkbride, holds several rooms that serve as a museum located on the first floor. So, like, there's some shit going on. It's an an active building. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's get into the ghosties. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Because how the hell could this place not be fucking haunted, honestly? Right. (laughs) Right? Um, One of the most common ghosts is a little girl named Lily, who was actually born, it is believed, at the asylum. Mm -hmm. Um, She was one of the patients from the Civil War area that died of pneumonia at the age of nine. Witnesses say that if you step in her playroom, you can hear her cries and laughter. She also makes herself known to visitors in several ways, including, like, um, there's, like, a little, like, a altar, I want to say, or, like, a little memory thing mm-hmm. of toys set out for her um, in the room, like, dedicated to her memory. And, um, like, if you go and, like, say, do you want to play? Mm-hmm. Like, they'll supposedly yeah. move and such. Um, now, there are, like... Apparently, the upper floors contain the children, so the upper floors are more active where you can hear, like, footsteps and, like, children laughing and Mm -hmm. such. So, hot tip, stick to the upper floors. Or not, (laughs) depending on what you want to do with that. Don't fucking go if you don't want to do any of it, (laughs) honestly. Um, Sometimes following, like, the footsteps will follow visitors throughout the building, um, you'll hear the sounds of wounded or, like, 
like the wounded, mm-hmm. like moans and such, heavy booted footfalls, misty forms, and ominous shadows in the um, Civil War section of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched an interview with, I'm, I'm hoping she's still the operations manager because this lady is incredible. Her name is Rebecca Jordan. Um, her old, like her whole interview is like a big vibe, honestly. It's mm-hmm. so funny. This woman is just like so nonchalant and just like, here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the reporter in the interview goes to ask her about like the haunting. Then she goes, well, we have seven to eight residents who are still like residing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the way she said it, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to have to actually watch this yeah. one. Um, just like the chillest attitude about it. But I mean, I guess she's kind of used to it because like, she goes on to ex- like explain one of her most recent experiences, which used to run apparently in like the haunted house that they had there, and she felt like a hand rest on her shoulder and then squeeze mm-hmm. when there was no one else around her while she was doing like a final walkthrough of this haunted house. Yeah, and um, she apparently she got out of there and she was like, "That was the last time I was part of the haunted house." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It got a little too real for her. A little too real. And so they go on to talk about one of the ghosts who has been, like, confirmed as a former patient. Um, He was named Jacob Ayers, who was admitted for alcoholism. He had made contact in 2008 when the acid wash gene hoarder, also known as Zach Bagans from Ghost Hunters, Mm -hmm. where he was looking for his beer. Now, Jordan, Rebecca Jordan, our homegirl at this Mm -hmm. point says that he is delusional and thinks that everyone is hiding his beer. (laughs) So (laughs) it just, it really, really cracks me up. So other workers have quit after hearing squeaky wheels rolling about the tiled hallway, which honestly cannot blame them because that is not a fun noise, (laughs) especially tile. Something about like real tile just really creeps me out. Like if you hear like, like heels clacking down real tile. Yeah. It's a very like alarming noise. (laughs) Um, staffers reported seeing ghosts walk through the halls. One doctor says that a ghost followed her home and continues to haunt her. Uh Oh yeah. Many reports seeing a ball of light moving rapidly down the hallways, which is also another thing that they saw in the Ghost Hunters um, episode. Yeah. Um, on the first floor, a ghost named Ruth, who was said to hate men, which, <laughs> <laughs> love her vibe, um, while she was alive and used to throw things at them. Now in ghost form, Ruth is apparently still throwing things at men. Oh, well. Okay. She got to do her part. We're not mad about it. Um, a secret recording device captured the sound of someone saying, get out in ward two of the second floor where two patients had completed suicide and another patient had been stabbed to death. What? Yeah. A ghost named Big Jim is said to haunt the third floor as well as a nurse named Elizabeth. And Mm -hmm. you can also hear like Elizabeth saying, hello. And I didn't love that recording. Yeah, no, I don't think (laughs) that would, that would not be a good one. No. No. Um, doors have been observed closing by themselves, which honestly, if this, yeah. this place is that haunted, I would not expect anything less. Uh, a bizarre phantom known as the creeper no. <laughs> has been seen crawling on the floor. No, 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 no. 
You can have that one. That one's all for you. I don't want no part of it. Don't you want to spend the night at this place? No, 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 don't don't want to do that. I'm afraid of the dark. (laughs) Okay, let me get some ginger ale. (laughs) This pillow will protect me. From what? Not Francis. (laughs) That is a mean thing to say. That is very mean to say. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just told me that. Francis isn't going to get you. She will if you give her that. Oh my gosh, guys. Uh, now you know what happens if I don't come back next week. We're getting mags this weekend. Maggie will not let anything get you. I won't even be here half the time, I guess. So there is that. There is that. <sighs> it's fine. Mags will protect us. You know what she used to do with George? Yeah, but still. That's fine. My crystals, we got this. Anyway, so. Pray for me. <laughs> breathe. I gotta breathe. Okay. People often report that they hear something banging loudly on the pipes. Again, tracks with ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the ghost soldier named Jacob, as we said, um, likes to haunt the fourth floor. Apparently that's where them bitches hide in his beer. Oh, with the kids? <laughs> no, that's the top floor. Oh, how many floors are there? Quite a few. Oh. Um, do do do. Hysterical laughter is heard coming from the empty rooms, which honestly, same. I mean. <laughs> Objects can be moved by themselves oftentimes, so like if someone sets a pen down or their purse, it's, it's often... Not where they left it. Mm. Here is the last little little ghost thing. The ghost of a murderer named Slewfoot, who had been slashed to death in a bathroom, is said to haunt the first floor. Bathrooms. The murderer was slashed to death? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. So. But instead, well, I'm guessing they just had everybody in with everybody. So yes. There's that. At that point, they did, yes. So, I, I know you're dying to know. I am. I am. Totally. How we would be committed to this institution. How many times over would I be committed? Basically. All right. You ready? Yes. So, a husband could get a woman committed along with... Um, of course he could. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets... Sierra? I knew that was a thing. Sierra, it gets so much worse, huh? I knew that was a thing. So but. much worse. Okay. Still. So, he could get her committed with, uh, quote, imaginary female trouble... Um, oh, like <laughs> menstruating. <laughs> that's not real. No. Cramping, that's not real. Menopause, not, not real. real. Not real, no. Um, medicine to prevent conception. Um, time of life. What the heck is that? No fucking clue. Disappointed affection. He's disappointed in her affection? Oh, sure. Um, a husband could also sign his wife and if she had inherited money. Or if he preferred his mistress. No. (laughs) I mean, I, yes, but no. (laughs) He didn't always come back to collect her. No. Yeah, sometimes he did. Sometimes he didn't. You Um, know, wiles of men. Yeah, so some of the other reasons that don't have to do with um, husbands and men being terrible were asthma, epilepsy, rabies, Tuberculosis, vicious vices in early life, um, seduction, egotism, bad whiskey, 
<laughs> like you make bad whiskey or you own bad whiskey? I don't know. There was no prefer to drink bad there, whiskey. There was no <laughs> no explanation. I said just avoid whiskey altogether. I yes, guess. In, indigestion, indigestion. Oh. I don't know what that's called. Yeah. Heartburn, upset um, stomach, diarrhea. Uh, no, um, doubt about his mother's ancestors. What? Loss of an arm. Oh. Change of life. What? What does that mean? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Menstrual derangement. Oh, there it is again. Um, childbirth. What? Disappointed love. Death of sons in war. Domestic trouble. Laziness. Reading too many novels. Oh crap. <laughs> You're in, man. <laughs> I am totally in. Masturbation. Fits and desertion of husband. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is like geared towards women? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because it was the eighteen hundreds slash nineteen hundreds and women had no fucking rights whatsoever and it was like made by men. Get men yeah. For men so they could do whatever the heck they wanted and have no consequences. One hundred and ten percent. So yeah, it's really great. Or if you had bad whiskey, apparently. Oh, yeah, bad whiskey. Um, so. I like how a lot of things, a lot of those things now have, like, it kind of went from that to, like, medicine, like, hardcore, like, you have to be medicated all the time. Yeah. Like, kind of thing to, like... Here are some actual things that work, some like yeah. strategies to like, mm-hmm. and some of those things are obviously just normal life. Yes. And like, you can't put me in a mental hospital because you cheated on me. Yeah, basically. Like, I mean, you're stuff. reading too many books. Yeah, you have to go to an mental institution. Well, I'm antisocial. Yeah. I can't keep up appearances for my husband. <laughs> I'm not good at at entertaining guests. <laughs> Because I just want to have my notes in a book, like... Basically, yeah. I can't be a good housewife if all I want to do is read all the time. Oh, God. You and your learning. <laughs> Heaven just, forbid I get any ideas up here. I know, really. I was... Today, actually, it's funny that we're, we're talking about this, because today I was looking at um, propaganda posters from the women's suffrage mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. And um, they were, like, portraying the women as, like... Um, sooner or later, you're going to do all the cooking and cleaning, and it was the man, and I was like... (laughs) Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) Oh, fuck that shit. Like, honestly. Fuck it. That didn't happen anyway. I mean, in... in, in... It can. Like, people can... Some people, some men like to do those things as opposed to other chores. I feel like this this is not... I mean, I, I, I believe that if you are truly equal in partnership, then you guys are doing the equal partnership, like, of it all. Like, right. the, the woman's place is not in the kitchen. Like, indeterminate of what exactly that is. Like, yes, I, feel like I if, like to vacuum, I'll vacuum. Basically. And you'll do something else. Like, and do not lie to me about liking to do the dishes. <laughs> Y'all, I don't like doing the dishes. I was, I'm, Sierra knows I hate doing the dishes. And Sierra's now in the boat of hating to do the dishes now. But she she, she will do I, them. I don't mind doing them if there's not, like, two a billion. sinks fulls and it's, like, all on the counter and, like, 
mm-hmm. been neglected. Mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't mind doing the like when it's a manageable amount. I just hate like when we get backed up. So it wouldn't be so bad. One, our sink is really shallow. <laughs> Sierra's mic just slowly started to fall down for some reason. Okay, I guess I guess we fixed it. okay anyway our sink is very shallow and um I when I cook I used a lot of pots and pans and I've tried I've I've been trying to cut back yeah um just just for like my sanity and Sierra's but yeah so it's it's just very interesting the amount of sexism that goes into the laws and everything that were made yeah and like not that it was right like back then, but when there were more women who were like homemakers, um, I fucking hate that word. What that's what they were. I know what they were. But like, I can get how people would like have that skewed mindset. Not that it was true, but they they had it. But like, it's not not that it was good then, and it's definitely not the same now when most people or both people in the family are working and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's a very, very interesting thing to look at, I guess. Like, it just, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Happy Women's History Month, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's the last day. It's the last day. Oh my God. Speaking of the last day, y'all, I'm so proud of you, motherfuckers. You guys got us Kentucky. Oh, yes. So proud. My little chef dude's complete. Mm-hmm. I can go to sleep happy. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically all I have to say on my case. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't that was, know. That was something. What something? You were you were definitely quicker on your feet today. I've been work I've been trying to like <laughs> process a little bit faster. I know we were we were talking about this earlier. Um, Sierra is is someone that likes to like take it all in at like one time and then process it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll take little bits at a time and then process it right then and there. And that's why I give you quick answers and then I'm like, hold up, let me let me rethink this later. Um, but yeah, so it's it's very crazy how completely different our minds work. Yeah. So, but all right, guys. I feel like there was other there was something else I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was now. I don't know. Start saying all the things and I'll think of it. <laughs> like like normal. Yeah, it's like normal. Um, okay. We got new plants, guys. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> we got new plants. Um there are now twenty-eight. Oh. Yes. There are now twenty-eight plants. I counted yesterday. Yes. Um so there are quite a good many. Um, yeah, uh, there's three little guys mm-hmm. and we also got some new plant tables. So yes. I'm courtesy of Sierra's wonderful mama, but, um, I'm waiting for a plant to come in from my wonderful mama. Um, yeah, so that'll make 29, which I'll have to give one more cause I need an even number. So yeah, it's, it's going good in the plant hood. There's a lot of plants guys. We even have like, we have at least 12 fake plants as well. Mm. There, there's a lot of plants. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right. Okay, all right. Plug the thing, Sierra. Okay, follow us on Instagram 
and Facebook. Do it. If you haven't done so already, uh, we would appreciate it. And um, you can check out, well, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, last Wednesday's memes um, about how our lives are going. Oh my god, they're so funny. Sierra showed one of them to me and I lost my fucking mind. I, (laughs) I, you guys have heard me lose my mind. That's basically what I did. Yeah. So pretty fucking funny. Um, and we'll post, we normally post the, uh, case photos on there as well. And so you can check us out there and. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Okay. So I met Sierra's entire family. Basically. Yes. And I spent a couple of days uh, with them at a, in a cabin, and I, I learned a few things that I feel like I need to share. Um, Sierra I don't really feel like this is, is going in a good direction. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> Sierra, as I found out, is very competitive. <laughs> like, very competitive. No. You were not I witnessing. to differ. You were not witnessing. When it's just, like, us. You are not competitive at all, which is, like, I'm not very competitive. Like, it's 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 a game. But Sierra was, like, throwing out orders. She was, like, <laughs> like prepared to win, y'all. And it was a whole new side of Sierra. And I was, like, what the fuck is happening? But, yeah. You just mean, like, dominoes or? I mean, like, dominoes and then that um, Nintendo Switch game that you guys were playing. But that was, like, cooperative. It was, like. You were still very competitive. Um. So it was it was a very interesting look. Uh, also, apparently, uh, Sierra's brother listens as well as Sierra's sister-in-law. Right? That's how. Yeah. Yeah. So um, no pressure. <laughs> um, I basically spent like four four days with these people, mm-hmm. and um, they had listened to one or two episodes. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And so now, um, yeah, that's real interesting. I'm waiting for Sierra to get a text message like, "Why the fuck are you living with her? <laughs> Does she ever shut up?" <laughs> Um, but I literally, we have to talk or the podcast doesn't exist. <laughs> so there is that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just it's very very funny to me how completely wildly different our family dynamics are. Mm-hmm. Um, because we also again we saw my grandmother who um, is in love with the idea of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants us to put it on the YouTube. It is on the YouTube. Um, it, but she was like. I'm just so proud of you girls. And my 76-year-old grandmother listens, but my dad and my stepmom do not. And <laughs> it just makes me giggle. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's a very, very interesting dynamic. Um, Sierra likes being around her family members, <laughs> which is also wild to me. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love spending time with my mother and um, all that. And my stepdad, wonderful time. Um, but again, Sierra does it actively. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just very, very interesting. But yeah, if you guys have some interesting family dynamics that you feel like you can compare to ours, send them into our Gmail, right? Par- yeah, paranormalpodcast at gmail.com. Do it. Or um, we have the contact site on the website, which mm-hmm. is paranormalpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And we have a Patreon page. Yeah, get on there. Check out the cool stuff. We're not going to tell you what's on there right now. You just have to go check it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, the... P.O. Box, it's P.O. Box, well, the address is P.O. Box 1416, Monroe, North Carolina, 28111. So three ones. Three ones. So. Okay. Sierra just broke her mic, but she cut out that really loud noise um, that it made. 
Uh, we just both kind of watched it fall. So I feel like that's a great way to end the, end the episode. The case of the broken mic. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>